Happy Sunday, neighbor. It is so good to see you all today. Yay. We're glad you're here. What's good, DV? You guys happy to be here today? Well, happy Sunday. DV family, we are glad you're here, glad you decided to come to church today and be here with us. For those of you who are visiting us for the first time or if you're watching us online or listening to us, welcome as well. We're glad you're listening and watching us online. You're welcome to come and visit us on a Sunday morning. We would love to have you and we would love, I personally want to invite you to come and visit us. We would love to have you and I would love to shake your hand whenever you can come out on a Sunday. But we're doing all right? Some of you I'm looking around I haven't seen for a little while. We've missed you guys. I'm glad you're back. Some of you were here last Sunday. Yay! Some of you weren't here last Sunday. That's okay. We missed you. We're glad, glad you're here. You guys doing all right? For those of you that are new or you haven't been here, we are in the middle of a series called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And what we're doing is we're... We're, we're trying to help all of us here move from just talking about us being followers of Jesus to actually doing and being a follower of Jesus. And it's a great task. It's a great task. If you were here, you may remember uh, last Sunday that we gave out some things that looked like this. We, they were on your chair and we gave these out, and how many of you guys received one of these, and you took it home, and you put your, the names of your eight closest neighbors, and you prayed for them? Any of you guys did? I see a few hands. I see a few hands. It's great. That's awesome. If you didn't get a chance to get one, um, you're welcome. There are some in the back table there. Before you leave, grab one of these, and this is all about this series, about how we can become a good neighbor, and we would love to help you with that. We'd love to help you. So today, what I want to talk about is I want to keep, I, I want to talk about what keeps us from being a good neighbor. What keeps us from being a good neighbor? So I want to, uh, I want to talk about, I want to identify what is, is it that is a barrier? Some would say it's the greatest barrier. I will say it's one of the barriers, maybe one of the greatest barriers. I would say it's one of the greatest barriers. Some would say it's the greatest barrier to being a good neighbor, to building relationships with those who are around us, to, to presenting Jesus to those who are around us. And so I want to talk to you about that. I, I want to talk about what is the greatest barrier for us. When I talk about being a good neighbor, I'm talking about the great commandment. We learned about this in this series for the past couple weeks. We've been talking about what is the great commandment. And maybe you're here today and you're like, what's the great commandment? Maybe you're here walking in for the first time and you're like, I'm not really sure what the great commandment is. That's all right. We're going to circle the wagon, circle back, and explain all of that. We're not going to go through week one or week two or week three of the series. You can catch that online or you can watch it as well. But, but I'm going to just give you a little bit so you know where we're going and how we're tracking in the rest of the series and where we're going today, okay? So... First, let's just, I want to let the cat out of the bag. What is the greatest barrier to becoming a good neighbor, to obeying the great commandment, to being Jesus to those who are around us that we live by every day? What's the greatest barrier? How many of you guys want to know what the greatest barrier, one of the greatest barriers is? I got one hand. I got one hand. Nobody else wants to know. Okay, I got another hand. So, okay, some of us want to know what the greatest. So, I want to tell you what the greatest barrier is to obeying the great commandment, to becoming a good neighbor, to being Jesus to those who are around us. 
As a matter of fact, Mel, you're still on the drums. Would you mind giving us a drum roll, please? You guys ready? Wait for it, wait for it. Time. Time is the great, thank you, by the way. Can we give Mel a hand? Good job, Mel. Time is the greatest, or one of the greatest barriers to becoming, to obeying the great commandment. And you might be here like, but what's the great commandment? We're going to circle back. I'm going to explain that to you. But, but it, it is. It's one of the greatest barriers. And so if you're taking notes, you can write this down or you can take a picture on the big screen behind me. It's going to come up. The first, this is the first thought as we tackle this, that we need to acknowledge that there is, that there exists a great barrier to obeying the great commandment. And that great barrier is time. That's point number one, and you can take a pic of that if you want on the big screen behind me. One of the biggest obstacles to obeying the great commandment, what's the great commandment? Okay, now let's talk about that. What's the great commandment? The great commandment, we actually read it last week, we read it the week before, we read it the week before, we're gonna read it again today. Um, but but it, it, one of, the, great co- one of the, the biggest obstacles to taking the great commandment seriously, obeying it, becoming a good neighbor, being Jesus to those who are around us is time. So let's rem- let me remind you what the great commandment is. It's one of the, the most powerful teachings Jesus ever taught because he summarizes for us, this is what, what is the most important attitude and action of a follower of Jesus. He, what Jesus says, look, I want us to be centered around this. We find it predominantly in the book of Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to look at verses 34 through 40, and I'm going to read it to you all. And it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Which one? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself as the law all the law sorry all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments so the great commandment encompasses both right it's a two-part commandment the great commandment it's love god and love others listen isn't it true that that we make time for those things that are important to us Say yes. Yes, okay. So last week, I said that the great commandment was extremely important to Jesus, super important. He said that in another passage of scripture when he talked about the great commandment, he said, it, he said eternal life. This is how you inherit eternal life and all the truth of God found in the Old Testament prophets and the laws, all the spiritual laws hang in the balance of being obedient to the great commandment of loving God and loving people. And I will call, if Jesus calls it important, I would just say I call it important. If you were here last week, and I I don't doubt that you probably, some of us felt a little conflicted, right? Because you may be thinking, well, 
Man, Pastor Abdi, you talked about the people that are right around us, how, you know, so many times we think that a neighbor, we have to, like, jump in the car and go to, like, downtown or jump on the plane and go to another country. But we have people right around us that are our neighbors. And some of us felt conflicted, maybe, as you left last Sunday thinking, well, shoot, I really have been living here, like, 10 years. I know no one. Or, or you know, you're like, do I really want to take out time to get to know who my neighbor is? You may be thinking, maybe others, how in the world am I going to have the time to get to know my neighbor. Can everybody say time? time. Some of us maybe be, are thinking, well, sure, I, I'll do that someday, but I can't do that right now. Sure, there'll be a day when things kind of slow down for me, and, and there'll be more time, but now, I mean, doesn't everybody else live this hurried lifestyle that I have, right? That I just, it, it, like, like me, and I just want to tell you today that I get you. I am with you 100%. I say that too as well. I'm like, there's a lot of times I run out of time. Actually, that's the title of our talk today. Out of time. Out of time. Out of time. And, and so I want to tell you that if loving God and loving our neighbor is important to Jesus, it is, if he says that all the law, all the prophets, every spiritual law you can think of hang in the balance of being loving God and loving others, loving your neighbor, then this is something that should capture our attention. It is something that should seize our passions. It sh should be something that arrests our commitments and excites our enthusiasm. And if it doesn't, what we're really saying is, you know what, I don't really consider loving God and loving my neighbor as that important in my life among everything else that I got going on. I mean, if that's where you're at, then, you know, we love you, we respect you, we want you to keep coming, but I will tell you, you're gonna be in conflict in your heart, in your life, with what Jesus, with the heart of Jesus Christ. So let's go to the scriptures and find further proof that the kingdom of God, bringing an, an experience, bringing heaven to earth, the way I like to say it, is, is each day is, is an experience, bringing, experiencing it as a real life is a mandate to love others and love ourselves, deserves to have high priority in how we live our lives. Let's look at Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, and I'm gonna read it. You can follow along on the big screen behind me or you can open up your electronic and find it or your physical Bible, however you want. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha, can everybody say but Martha? Can you say it a little louder? But Martha was distracted by all the pre preparations that had to be made. She, who are we talking about? Anybody know? She is Martha, right? She, Martha, came to him. Who's him? Jesus. She came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. This is Jesus' response. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Wait, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. 
So Martha is super busy. She is all about trying to get everything, you know, she does, she, she, she's busy, but she misses out on the most important thing. Super busy, super hurried lifestyle, but she misses out on the most important thing. And most of us, I would say, we struggle with busyness. I have said this, if you've been a part of our church and you've been here more than once, you may have heard me say this because I say this all the time. And I say, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. The devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. But our dilemma is so much bigger than just busyness or a shortage of time. It's a problem that starts with the letter P. So, I'm going to pause here because what I shared with us today, what I've been sharing is, I told you guys we would talk about the great commandment. Check, we did that, right? I told you guys we would talk about the great barrier. What's the greatest, one of the greatest, or the greatest barrier to being a good neighbor or to obeying the great commandment? What was it? Help me out. Time, so check, we did that. Now what I want to spend the rest of our time doing is talking about how can we eliminate this great barrier, because I believe this great barrier is in all of our lives. How can we eliminate, and this is how we do it. If you're taking notes, it starts with the letter P. Some of us, maybe, many of us, maybe, most of us, have a P problem. I don't know what you're thinking. I was thinking priority, priority, priority problem, okay? Some of us, you know, the things that, that, the, 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 the things that are urgent, they crowd out the things that are important. For many of us, we put off the important things long enough until it suddenly stops becoming important and then it becomes urgent, right? It, we, we have to give it our attention. Other times, what happens, actually all too often, maybe even more often, is that we run out of time and the all so important thing that I got to get done falls through the cracks, and it never gets done. And worse yet, we miss it altogether. We invest all of our time on these minor things, and we miss the main thing. We invest all of our time doing, 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 and we miss the main thing. The story of Mary and Martha teaches us that we need to live counterculturally in order to experience the life that Jesus wants us to live. And so we need to learn how to say no to good things and say yes to the main thing. It's a little quiet in here, and that was a really good statement, so I'm going to say it one more time. We need to learn to say no to good things, good things, not just bad things, good things in order to say yes to the main thing. I got one amen, amen. Thank you, Andrea, I appreciate you listening. How about we all say this together with great enthusiasm. Are you ready? It says, I will, come on, help me out. I will say no to good things and say yes to the main thing. Feel free to take a pic. I see some of you guys taking a pic on the big screen. It's a great statement if you want to take notes. There's a pastor from Tennessee. His name is Ray Ortland, and he wrote a simple book years ago called the three priorities of the local church, and here they are in a nutshell. You guys ready? Love God, love others, love God, love others, and serve the world. 
Does that sound familiar to anybody? I don't know if it sounds familiar. Love God, love people, and serve the world. Love God fully, love people intentionally, and serve the world toward a relationship with Jesus. Love God, love people, and serve. That is the main. Love God and love others. The great commandment. It's the main thing. And the truth is that we live in this tension between the urgent pulling us and the important. And when our priorities are determined by the urgent, our lives won't match up with our intentions. I got one amen. All right, everybody, just pause right now. I'm going to talk to myself because I thought that was really good self. That was really good. High five. All right, I want you to say that one more time, but say it again with boldness and say it again with passion and say it again with love, all right? When our intentions, when my priorities are determined by the urgent, my life won't match up with my intentions. Why don't we all say that together? Are you ready? Let's say it together. When my priorities are determined by the urgent, my life won't match up with my intentions. That was like one person I heard talking. Okay, that's good. But Jesus is our perfect example of this, all right? He got a lot done, but he was never hurried. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Luke 4, 42 and 43, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom to the other towns also. See, I gotta love God, and I gotta love other people. I know you want me to stay, but I gotta love and serve the world. I gotta go. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once, when Jesus was praying in private, and his disciples we're with him. You guys, if you don't know if you should pray or not, just look at Jesus. If Jesus thought he should pray, how much more should we? 10 verses down, Luke 9, verse 28. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him, and he went up unto a mountain to pray. Jesus, Jesus lived his life in a specific rhythm. He regularly slowed down in order to live at a healthy pace, to get recentered on living life in the world that we live, but also living life within God's kingdom as his priority, as his priority. He found himself in large groups of hundreds and thousands. He found himself in small groups of 12 and three, but very often he pulled away. Can everybody say pulled away? He pulled away so it was just him and his heavenly father. I gotta pull away. That was his spiritual refueling times. Do we live at a pace that allows us to be spiritually refused, refueled? Do we live in a rhythm of spiritual refueling as well as be available to those who live around us? Uh, do, we, do we have that? Do we allow for margins in our lives so that people can interrupt us? Do we? Jesus had time for people and he had time for interruptions. He did. Do we? In Matthew chapter 14, Jesus had just heard about the death of his cousin John the Baptist. And, and he wanted time alone to grieve. However, listen to what it says in Matthew 14, verse 13 and 14. I'm gonna read it to you. It says, when Jesus heard 
what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and he saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Now, if we keep reading in Matthew 14, it's very revealing. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, Jesus, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. And Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Jesus was like, no, you feed them. You do it because, yes, it's about loving God, but it's also about loving your neighbor. Jesus was all about priorities. We gotta be about the right priority. Love your neighbor as yourself. And while the disciples are like, well, but Jesus, there's like no food. I mean, all we got is like this Long John Silver Happy Meal here. I mean, this is all we got, right? We, we don't got much food. And Jesus prayed and food multiplied and people were fed. And after the needs of people that were met, if you keep reading in verse 22 and 23, Jesus, he wanted to get back to his original plan. He wanted to get along with his father. And, and pray, and Jesus said to his disciples, you guys, get in the boat, go on ahead, I need some alone time, me and, me and Big G, me and Daddy, we gotta spend some time, so you guys get in the boat, go on ahead, and he had his alone time. And then at about 3 a.m., Jesus, with godly intuition, realizes that his buddies are in trouble in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, right? There's a storm, the, the, the boat is being tossed like a bobber, and Jesus says, really? You know, he didn't even have a boat, but it didn't matter, he just took off, like Sonic running on top of the water, right? And he walks on top of it, runs on top of it, reaches the boat, claims, he, he calms the storm and he saves his buddies. Jesus had room for people and their interruptions. Can we say that? Can we say that? It's gonna come up on the big screen behind me, but Jesus had room for people and their interruptions. Does this make you feel a little bit uncomfortable as it does for me? It, make me, it makes me feel all kinds of uneasy, but, but I believe that that's the Holy Spirit's conviction about how I prioritize my pace. What would it take to change the pace of your life so that you could be available to those that are around you? Let's review. So the first thought today is that the great barrier to obeying the great commandment is what, you guys? Is time. The great barrier to the great commandment is time time. Secondly, if you're taking notes, and it's this, and you can take a picture of this on the big screen if you want. The, the second point is this, love and hurrying are not compatible. Love and hurrying are not compatible. Let's go back to Luke chapter 10 on the occasion where Jesus visited his friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Remember that we read the story, right, of Mary, and she sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted. Jesus ended up saying this in verse 42. I'll read it again. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but Few, can everybody say few? Few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, Mary's lack of hurry allowed her to choose what Jesus considered to be the better thing. Do you guys get that? Now, is preparing a meal important? 
Ask a hangry pastor right now if preparing a meal is important. Absolutely, I gotta have my lunch. I gotta have my, absolutely preparing a meal. But going all out, right? Going all out and, and trying to do over this, you know, fussing over a meal is not as important as allowing Jesus to feed the soul. And that's the truth. Jesus longs to feed our souls, fill and refill, fill and refill our spirits so that we can live in the overflow. But if we don't allow ourselves the space, or if we don't elevate pleasing Jesus as our number one, then we're going to continue to major on these minor things, and, and, and then we miss the most important thing to be about. Can someone say yes? So a columnist wrote in the Boston Herald a while back, after Michelangelo had sculpted the famous statue of David, and there's a picture coming up on the big screen of Michelangelo's David. I had to crop it a little bit because it's quite revealing, but this is the one I felt most comfortable with. But supposedly someone asked him, right, how did you manage to create such a beautiful sculpture from a block of marble? And Michelangelo responded, it was easy. I just chipped away everything that didn't look like David. You call that the art, you can call that the art of elimination. We need to learn how to do that in our endeavor to be everything that God has created us to be. And so Michelangelo, Michelangelo, he knew that God was inviting him to create a masterpiece. But until Michelangelo chipped away at all the other stuff that wasn't supposed to be there, this magnificent work of art would never be. And that's the invitation for all of us. God wants to use the masterpiece that you are, the masterpiece he has envisioned us to be. But until we allow him to chip away at all that other stuff and we don't become consumed with all the stuff that God would want to chip away, we're going to continue to be this block of marble, We're going to continue to be, some of us are going to be partially done, not quite finished yet, to be used because we've allowed ourselves to be consumed with all this other stuff that needs to be chipped away in order for us to be used as the work of God, this work of art that God created us to be, envisioned for us, longs for us to be. See, God created us for us to love him and to love others. And we have so many choices, so much stuff going on that we need to reevaluate and allow those things to be chipped away from our lives. These activities that keep us from giving time to the things that don't, you know, giving time to the things that really do matter, right? Not, not being consumed with all these other activities that, that don't matter, all these other activities that, that don't help us be used by God as the masterpiece that he wants us to be used by. You see, when we are obedient to God's word, that formation of that masterpiece continues in us. But back to the story of Mary and Martha. One of the other things I noticed is that it's not just a multitude of activity. See, Martha had a lot going on, right? She did. She had a lot going on, right? But, but, and that could be many of us, but it's also hurry. It's also hurry, it goes with point number two. It's also the hurry. So when you got all these things going on, all this activity, that's different than actually feeling hurried, right? There there are two different things. Two different things are happening here. There's this, all this doing that's going on, but then there's all this stress 
as well because you got, a, you got a lot going on. There's a pastor, his name is John Ortberg, and I take a lot of cues from him. I love him. I, he wrote a book entitled this. He said, the, life, the, the, the book was called The Life, or is called The Life You Have Always Wanted. And in it, he writes this. He writes, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And he coins this phrase, the hurry sickness. He says that the reason hurrying is so dangerous is because love and hurry are not compatible. Love always takes time. Love always takes time, and time is the one thing that hurried people don't have. That's good. I, I have to confess that I haven't always been a good neighbor. Um, a little while ago, or some years ago, I, um, I have this tree in front of our house that I shared with our neighbor, and the branches were driving me crazy. They were over our parking lot, our, or our parking spot, and I was just driving me crazy, so I had a friend let me borrow his chainsaw. And so I had never used it before, but I started using it. I started cutting the branches, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, this is kind of fun. I, I like this cutting branches thing, and I'm like getting, like, I could be addicted to this thing. This is really, and I just started cutting away, cutting away, and I got so into it that I crossed over into the neighbor's property, and I started cutting his side as well. And, and then when I finally put the chainsaw down, it was a little miniature one, and I put it down, I started looking at it, and I'm looking at the tree, and I'm like, this is not what I had in my, I had this like work of art in my mind, and it was like more like a hack job than anything else. I'm like, ooh. And just when I like realize that, I hear this voice behind me that says, are you enjoying cutting down our tree? And I was like, by the tone and the tenor, wasn't a cheery voice. It sounded more like Darth Vader talking to me. I was like, this is not a good thing. But the reason why I did that was because I got so, oh, and the person that was behind me was our grounds landscaper of the association. And so the reason I, I, I had done it was because I was so sick and tired of looking at it. I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry. And if I would have just waited, um, after that I had some making up to do. Right now we have a really good relationship, but I just said, here, from now on, here's the chainsaw. You take care of that. <laughs> so that, that's, I think, how I mended the relationship because now he's not upset at me anymore for that. But here's what I want to encourage us to do today. In the seat pocket in front of you, or behind you if you're in the front row, there's a card that looks like this. Maybe you didn't know we had this, but I want to show it. I want to draw your attention to it. If you can, would everybody pull it out? Find it and pull it out. That would be awesome. If you're sitting in the front row, just kind of reach back and grab that. This is our note card. This is for you. Our gift from us to you, for you to write notes down, for you to write thoughts down, for you to write the verses that stick out to you from the service today. If you get bored, you can write your grocery list on here or a love note to your spouse, whatever. It's our gift for you. So today, what I would love for you to do is, I would love for you to write on this card. So there's a pen also, red pen with black ink in the seat pocket in front of you. If you would grab that as well, draw that out. And as you do that, I, I want you to write on the card, you can write it on the back, on the front, wherever you want, somewhere on it. How are you gonna respond to this talk today? All right. I, I want you to write, my 
next step today is. As a result of hearing this, as a result of getting messed with in my heart, in my mind, my next, those, what is it, four words? Those four words, my next step today, five. Next step today is, okay? And then on the big screen behind me is gonna come up all these different little things and I'll read them off to you. Options, I don't want you to do all of them. Hear me now, I don't want you to do all of them. Because if you say you're gonna do all of them, guess what? You do none of them. So I just want you to do one or two of these things and I'm gonna read them to you today, all right? So the first one is if you haven't yet, as you leave today, pick up one of those neighborhood maps from the table in the, lobby, in, in the back there. And then I want you to write in the eight neighbors that you can pray for this week, all right? Second is to pick up a neighborhood yard sign. If you actually, everybody turn around and look at the table back there, we have a bunch of freshly made, newly made, for free, for you, because your family, these neighborhood yard signs for your front lawn. So third, would you be willing this is another thing. Third, would you be willing, and they're for you, as you guys can take as many as you think you need for your front yard. <laughs> Just take it, and, and uh, they're free for you. They're all, they were also in the parking lot as well. But third, would you be willing to spend at least a total of one hour, that's all, one hour this week in the front of your house, in your front yard, or where your neighbors can, can be seen? In fact, this is all part of the same one. Take a walk around the neighborhood, all right? And I just want us to bust down that time barrier, right? I want us to talk to our neighbors. I do. I, wa I want you to pray and see what happens as you relate to your neighbors. And third, if you're interested, this one is, I don't know if it's up there. Third, if you're interested, no, it's not up there. I I if you're interested, would you... Would you be a part? If, if, you look, if you look, you're like, man, uh, this is a great, I'm all in, I wanna be a part of this. I'm interested in helping our church, Doral Vineyard, do a great ministry of neighboring. I want you to let me know. How can you let me know? Layla and Nikki mentioned earlier this card, so I don't want you to get confused. We got this one, and we got this one. We want the black circle and the white words connect. This is our connect card. If this is you, you're like, man, I wanna be in it. We talked about this last Sunday. But if you're like, yes, I wanna be in it, just take this card somewhere on it, write, I'm in. I'm in. It's gonna come up on the big screen right there. I'm in. Just write that somewhere on the card, and then when the ushers come around with the black boxes up and down your row, you can grab this card, drop it in the boxes. It'll get back to us, and we'll get back to you and talk to you about that, all right? For those of you who did sign up last week, thank you for signing up. Let's wrap up our time together because I, I wanna tell you that I'll be back when the week is new, and I'll have another big idea for you and you'll have things you'll wanna talk about, and I will too. Would you bow your heads and let's pray together? Father, we thank you for this simple story of Mary and Martha. Thank you that Jesus, you knew exactly where and how to touch these people's lives. And I pray that you'll touch our lives just as deep, that you'll speak to all of us, whatever you want, to say to us, whatever you demand of us, require of us, pray, I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring us to be willing to say, yes, yes, Lord, I'm available. Here am I, here's what I have. Lord, we want to be true as your followers. We don't wanna just talk about it, we wanna be about it. And so we humble ourselves and we say, yes, 
Lord. And so still praying today. How many of you would say, you know, I know that there are some people that I, I can be a good neighbor to. I know there are. If that's you, would you just simply stand with me right now? Just stand up. Sweet. Awesome. See those standing? Awesome. Great. Those of you that you don't have anybody that you can be a good neighbor to, and you are a believer, may I just say, you need to get out of your little Christian circle, and you need to get out more and get to know some people, and you need to do it now. There's nothing more foolish than being locked up in our little Christian insulated environment. You've been gifted something precious, and that is to be a good neighbor. That is to obey the great commandment. That is to be Jesus to those who are around us and still still praying. There are those of you here today that you would say, you know, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm so far from God, but yet I want him so much. I feel like I'm so far. How can I ever get there? Well, understand clearly that you cannot work yourself there. It is in possible. Scripture says that the only way that you will ever be saved is by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, him alone. The Bible says that it is never ever by works, and I want you to hear that. It's never ever by your works. You, you have no ability to work your way to God. It is impossible. Your sin separates you from a holy God who cannot even look upon sin. That's why it is so important for Jesus, the Son of God, to be born of a virgin. He did not inherit the sin nature that was passed on through the earthly father. His father was Father God in heaven who had no sin, and so Jesus lived a perfect life as the innocent lamb of God who was without any kind of blemish so that he could be our sacrifice. Jesus died in our place on the cross. He became sin. He died with it. He rose again on the third day, and now scripture says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus will, the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. You'll, you, you may feel like you are so far from God. I want to tell you it doesn't matter. You draw near to him and he will draw near to you. You call on his name. You say, Jesus, save me right now. And he will. There are others of you, you grew up around the church and, and in the church like I did and you thought to yourself, you know, that you were okay. But you woke up one day and you realized, you know what, I'm not. I'm not okay. I don't really know him. I, I'm not connected. There's no spiritual fruit in my life. I've heard the story, but I've never fully connected to him. And so today you say, Jesus, save me. Either group that you're in, as you call on him in a moment, you will be born anew. His Holy Spirit will fill you. You'll be able to talk to him. You'll be able to hear from him. You'll be different. You will have power that only comes from heaven, and you'll be changed because you become more like God's son, Jesus Christ. If that's your prayer today, Jesus, save me. That's your prayer Lord, be my Lord, be my Savior. I give my life today. If that's your prayer, I'm just gonna simply invite you to lift your hand with me right now. Just lift it up and leave it up all over this place. You say, that's me. I see that, I see that hand. I see that hand over here. I see that hand. I see those hands. God bless you. You can put them down. See those hands over here. God bless you. Anyone else? I see all those hands that, that, that raise, praise God for you. We're gonna say a prayer, and as a DV family, nobody prays alone. We want everybody praying together this prayer. Everybody pray 
together. Pray with those around you just as a family. You guys, pray aloud this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. I repent and I turn to you. Fill me with your spirit so I could obey you, so I could follow you. Make me new. Make me like you. Because you died for me, empower me to live for you. Jesus, take my life. Forever it's yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Doral Vineyard, would you worship with me? Would you celebrate with me? Would you praise God? Would you welcome those today born into God's family? It's a big day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood today. Would you sit down? And I just want to give those of you who prayed that prayer.